I want me some glory hope. The Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Boyce Sleepus, and I'm joined as always here on the Sports Patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? Alright, alright. Bo Cephas, here we go. Season number three of the Football Glory Hole Podcast and season number 942 of us doing this together on <laughs> our own. Sorry it took so long to bring our money-making genius to the public. Personally, I blame both Cephas and his selfish Jewish ways. Now, whether you are here for the funny... It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place, and our promise to you is we will always make your wildest dreams come true. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for all those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. (laughs) We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! People, you cannot beat our prices, and you will not find a more consistent winner in the market. Year after year, if you follow the program, we will send you always to collect from your bookie Never pay. Now, since we're that good and people love us, we have an additional YouTube show in collaboration with 105.3 The Fan in Dallas called The Degenerate with world-famous R.J. Choppy. Murray and against Zana, left side, swings this one, Holloway for three, and I set fire to the rain. Watch it pour as I touch your face. Now, with all that business out of the way, Welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast, Bo Cephas, as always. Here on the sports patio, we've got the TVs glowing. We've got the beer heavily flowing, and right now, it's everybody's favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, fucking disgusting, cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking not a new beer, a very old beer, my favorite beer. It is Yingling. (laughs) I chose this beer for a very good reason on our first podcast of 2020 football season. Mm -hmm. Yingling is the oldest brewery in America. It was founded in 1829 as a family-owned business, and it still is a family-owned business today. The reason why I chose this beer, it reminds me that in this great time of unrest that we have going on in these great United States in 2020, that no matter what happens, 
whether it be COVID, whether it be political division, whether it be peaceful protests, whether it be riots, whether it be anything, whatever evil comes our way, whether it be China, whether it be any other foreign invader, I know by drinking this cold beer that we will stand up as Americans and we will fight for what is ours and we will pull together in our time of need as we always have. God bless America and if not, I know that I'll be able to learn Mandarin way before the rest of you retards, so uh Ying, motherfuckers! Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I don't know what you just said, but it just it sounded like it had a little a little uh, influence of bat soup in it and I don't I don't really like I don't like it. I can't, I don't know what you said, but I don't like it. Oh my god. All right, boys and girls, this is our kickoff podcast for 2020. The football season, the NFL football season. And today we're going to go over our predictions for the AFC and NFC West. We're going to go through all eight teams, where we'll think we'll land. My good buddy Longhorn is going to give you a full dive into the rosters better than anybody else in the country. But before we get into that, we've got to get into our sponsor. And God damn it, it's been a long time, but sports are back, baby. And it is BetAnySports.eu. I said bet. Hey! Sports.eu, it is the only place to go for online gambling for all sports like the name suggests. We got baseball going on. We got NBA going on. We got football coming up. There's been all kinds of shit to bet on, MMA, whatever you want. They got poker, full casino games. They advertise reduced juice, minus 105 in most situations, same-day payouts. They welcome Bitcoin, which is really important because if the fucking economy keeps crashing... That's all that's going to be worth anything. They got the widest selection of props, parlays, and teasers on the internet. Peep, you need to go to betanysports.eu right now and put in code word glory hole for a 35% sign up bonus today. What does that mean? It means you deposit a thousand, you get back 1350. You take their free money and our picks, you win money on top of money. You can't fucking lose, baby. It's betanysports.eu, co-word, glory hole, one more time. I said bet, hey, sports.eu, co-word, glory hole. All right, boys and girls, like we said, we're going to go over the AFC and NFC West. We're going to start Longhorn with the NFC West, probably the best division in all the NFL. And we're going to start with a team that a lot of people got a lot of upside for this year. The Arizona Cardinals coach, bro, and the midget. Let's fucking go, baby. They were 5-10-1 last year overall. This year in Vegas, their over-under wins is 7. So, kind of a big jump from there. So, why don't you take it away, buddy? What do you see with the Cardinals? Yeah, and um, I I like how we uh, started this uh, thing with the classic over promise and under deliver of me doing the deepest dive in the country on these teams because I'm definitely not going <laughs> to I'm definitely not going to do that but we will bring it with a Vegas lean as always cuz we're here to make money that's what we do but you know to make the money you got to have a pretty good grasp on the rosters additions subtractions draft picks and and whatnot so that's kind of what I'll skim over on each one of these teams to make it as quick as possible um this is we're actually starting with one of my favorite teams this year it's a team that I've already got a ticket on the over uh, in Vegas. Um, 
as far as their losses, there really isn't any to speak of of any significance unless you count David Johnson, and I don't really think you can count that because of the flop for DeAndre Hopkins, which is a huge upgrade. I do like the uh, linebacker from Atlanta they brought in, Campbell. He should he should plug and play. Devon Kennard's another uh, outside pass rushing presence they brought in. They also brought in a little someone that no one's really talking about, and that's Jordan Phillips from Buffalo, defensive tackle, and he's going to step right in there and um, and start right away. Everybody knows about this team's offense. They haven't they haven't lost a whole like the the offensive line is pretty pretty secure from last year. Of course, you got Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald from last year. You even got some of those young draft picks they took last year, Andy Isabella and uh, Hopkins, which you already talked about. It's pretty sick. Uh, it's pretty sick looking on offense, to be quite honest with you. It's all gonna it's all gonna come down to the midget there on on that side of the ball, the circus midget. Um, on defense, this this is the sleeper side, and this is why I'm, I've leaned to the over on their season wins totals because they've quietly put together a pretty salty young defense. Um, a lot of people that not, not a lot of people know Zach Allen, second year player, defensive end out of Boston College. Jordan Phillips, I talked about. Of course, Chandler Jones is the star. They drafted Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. Uh, it, you know they still got Patrick Peterson, who should be in his prime. Buda Baker, like it's a sneaky good defense i'm curious to see how it's going to all come together under coach bro and like i said it is going to come down to the circus midget and if this is your first year listening to us um no welcome um because we call we call uh, what is his name oh Kyler murray we call him the circus midget because he is clearly <laughs> he is clearly five foot five and and has no business being an nfl starting quarterback but he actually is and does pretty well uh, for his size, and I'm looking for some good things to come out of the Arizona Cardinals this year. Yeah, um, I I do think the offense will definitely improve. I mean, D Hop. I mean, you could argue best receiver in the game. So, what better weapon, right, for a young quarterback to have? The collar maturation is definitely um, the biggest factor. And I will give Cop. I'm not a big Coach Bro fan at all, which you know us. You already know that. Yeah. But he did evolve uh, very about six weeks in last year from the three, three wide receiver system that was not working to a lot more two tight end sets. So I think the offense will be better than last year. Um, however, I'm not as bullish on the defense like you are. They've got nine projected returning starters on a defense that was ranked dead ass last in 2019 and 28th in points allowed. Uh, I don't think that, you know. Two new players, maybe some young influx of talents is really going to be enough. I don't think Van, I don't, I'm not a big believer in Vance Joseph as a defensive coach. And Coach Bro, let's be honest, is completely lost on that side of the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. that I don't even think they lined up on defense at Texas Tech. I don't think that was a requirement uh, when he was there. So, probably reason why he had a losing record. I don't, I don't even know if they put 11 people on the field on that side of the ball. <laughs> but I do think that they will be better this year. I don't think they're ready in what I think is the toughest division of football to be a contender. But I do think they will be improved. So I'm with you on that. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving on. Those L.A. Rams, 9-7 and last year. They're over under in Vegas is 8.5. Longhorn, what you got, buddy? Okay, and that's a good little segue into one of the teams that I am probably more down on than most people that that I've heard out in the – stratosphere of nfl fodder talk i what'd you say their over under was for the season vegas eight and a half eight and a half yeah yeah i'm i mean we're not doing the records we're gonna say that for the end of the podcast but i'm i'm a i'm a under play on that and my reasoning 
you know, when you look at the addition subtractions, it's a shit. It's like a laundry list of subtractions. And really the only, I mean, I guess you could like, like they, they added a Sean Robinson from Detroit who did not play last year or did sparingly. Wasn't very impressive. Um, and he's a big fat fatty. So you always got to worry about them. <laughs> and, and, um, and Leonard Floyd, uh, outside pass rushing specialist from Chicago who kind of flamed out there. Not a whole lot of additions, and that's it was already an aging team. And, uh, you know, just when, when you think of teams that go through salary cap hell from overpaying players that they should not have, couple that with some really just mortgaging the future on draft picks that, where they can't supplant the roster properly because they just don't have the draft, ca- draft capital to do it, that usually I, I don't see a tick up coming until another at least another year um so so with that with that in mind i've got a tick down from for them this year um i do i do like their top draft pick cam Akers. he's going to come in and start right away running back out of florida state i think that's a really good solid player that's going to pay off for them in a year or two um now he's obviously going to start and get all the carries so if you're talking fantasy he's going to be a great player right away but as far as them getting to back where the, where they want to be, I don't think it's going to be this year. Just I hated their draft class after that. A lot of a lot of players that I don't understand why they took or their long project, projection type players like a outside rusher from Alabama that needs a year, uh, projection tight end from Purdue that's got high upside but needs at least a year. Just just a real curious draft for me, and you know just going down the list of of losses: Gurley, Cooks, Dante Fowler. Corey Littleton, Clay, Clay Matthews. I mean, the, it's Eric Weddle. It's just it's not players that were that are primetime players anymore, but just just a long list of players that left, along with not adding players through draft that are going to make a significant difference. And I, I see a tick down for this team. Uh, yeah. I mean, they get two offensive linemen back that were hurt all last year, which their offensive line struggled mightily. Definitely, I do love Acres. That kid, I think he's a great. I didn't really love him that much in the draft, but in this system, this offense, I think it is a great fit. But, I mean, offense literally isn't their issue. They finished seventh last year overall, and you wouldn't guess that, you know, just kind of based on watching them. But they should get a good boost in the running game. But my biggest question is still, to your point, how do they stop the run? They were 19th last year. San Francisco is going to run it on them. Like, they're just going to run the fuck over them, as they did. But they were 3-3 three and three in the division last year. I think they're probably around the same this year. It's been a slow decline, kind of like we've chronicled when quarterbacks get paid. Jerry, Jerry Goff got paid before last season, right? You saw the decline. I see it's still kind of going the same way. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm definitely not bullish on this team. They're not a bad team. Uh, I see the same, kind of the same, around the same what they did last year. Uh, not a bad team, but I, to me, not a contender either. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. The defending NFC champions, the San Francisco 49ers. Last year they were 13 and 3. This year they have an over under in Vegas of 10 and a half. Longhorn, what you got on those 49ers? Well, <clears throat> without getting into the record, it this is a I mean, let's let's face it. This is just a great a well-run franchise, great team, great uh team building philosophy through the draft and free agency. They just really know what they're doing. Uh, this organization really just knows what they're doing. And, you know, if you look at the list of key losses, it's it's pretty significant. I mean, it's players like 
Emmanuel Sanders, who was huge, big-time part of that team uh, halfway through the season, uh, DeForest Buckner, and Joe Staley. But but then you look at the additions, and they kind of filled those slots for the most part with Trent Williams, draft day trade from Washington. We'll see what he's got left, uh, taking off at least a year. Um, the They drafted the kid, Javon Kinlaw, out of South Carolina to take – uh, Buckner spot now obviously the, those players are well Williams might be he might fill the void just fine and be he might even be an upgrade if he's the Trent Williams of the of the past the kid out of South Carolina he's not going to be what Buckner was right off the bat so that will be a loss no matter what um, but overall like you said this is a running team they're they got great coaching great organization I don't see much of a change in them at all they were a contender last year I expect them to be a contender this year yeah, I can agree more. They got nine starters back on offense and that on an offense that ranked fourth. And Trent Williams, um, like you said, depending on what he I, – I think if you saw him the last time he actually played in Washington, which like you said was two years ago, I mean, the dude yeah. was still an all-pro. So he's not too old. His body should be rested. If he's injury-free and can play, I mean, it's a massive upgrade for them. They've got ten starters back, and the only one missing was DeForest Buckner. On a defense that ranked number two. Now, they're not nice. great in the secondary, but they pressure the fuck out of the quarterback, which hides a lot of sins in the secondary, you know, until you face, well, I'd say until you face Patrick Mahomes for three and a half quarters, they did pretty goddamn good. The dude was, had like, I think he's completing under 50% of his passes, had two picks and no touchdowns. and should have had three. So, mm, yeah. that pass yep. rush is nasty as fuck. Uh, sure. I think it's Sol- pr- solid pr- roster. Solid roster. Oh, my God. Pretty easy call. San Fran will be back as the class of this division, in my opinion, and as a true contender. All right, moving on. Last team in the NFC West, those Seattle Seahawks, 11-5 last year. Their over-under in Vegas is 9.5 this year. Longhorn, what you got? Okay, so um, I'm not going to get into records right now, but like I, I respect Russell Wilson uh, immensely. Like, I think he's just one of the best cut. Like, he's like LeBron James of the NFL. He just erases all mistakes, erases all the flaws on your roster. He's hard to, it's hard to account for their, uh, their team. And it's hard to do team projections, projections with Seattle because he just turns, you know, just garbage into gold all the time. Um, so it, I don't really want to get too much into this because my my view on them, it, it really comes down to Russell Wilson. I mean, I can tell you that they lost, you know, basically their entire offensive line and brought in the entire new <laughs> offensive line. But what the fuck does it matter? They're all it, the, the people they lost were blah. The people they brought in are blah. Doesn't fucking matter. Uh, you know, they they did obviously the big offseason trade for um uh, the kid out of the Jets. What's his name? Adams. Adams. That's that's going to be – he couldn't have gone to a more perfect spot, in my opinion, for uh, for what he does and what he brings to a team. They're going to be able to go to that single high safety uh, look that they like to do and, and drop him down and play a bunch of linebacker, a bunch of in-the-box type defense that, you know, going up against a team like San Francisco, they're going to – it's going to have a huge payoff for, for them there. Other than that, I mean, there's not a whole lot of addition and subtraction to talk about. They lost to Davion Clowney, but he was a one-year rental, and you know, it's their I mean, different he could, opinions. He still on. could come back. 
And that's true. Yeah, he's not signed, so he's he still could come back. Um, as far as the draft goes, they did take the, the kid Jordan Brooks way too early, at least one round. Some people think two. Um, but if you take away the horrible draft day value they got out of Jordan Brooks and just, just pretend like they took him in the third round, well, he's a nice little prospect that, could, that should come in and see some significant time on the field and help out against the run. Uh, same thing with with Adams, the safety. Like if you take away that they gave up a boatload for him and just focus on what he's going to do on the field this year for Seattle, it's a huge upgrade for them. Um, but like I said, it comes down to Russell Wilson, and I've got a, I've got a huge respect for him and what he can do. So we'll get into that a little later with with the uh, the uh, division predictions. Yeah, uh, like I said, they made a few additions on defense, which they needed to because their defense was ranked 26th. So, and they were almost equally as bad against the pass and the run. So, just that means a really bad defense. Uh, the offense was above average, right? Despite the not great all line play, but like you said, it's all Russell Wilson. But we told you all year last year, Seattle was not a good football team. We told you from day one, not day one, but by about the month, then we we're like, yeah, they're not very fucking good. But yet they kept winning games. Well, they went 10 and 2 in one possession game. You might yeah. think, well, that's what Russell Wilson does. No, it's not. Before last year, he was below 500 for his career in those situations. I mean, they won two fucking games on missed field goals, for Christ's sake. So that's not repeatable. It's not sustainable. And while they actually, I think, have gotten better as a team, I think their record will go back towards the mean as it should. Not not that they're not even a better team. You just can't win all those coin flips year after year. That's, that's not how the NFL works. We will have a disagreement on that, so I look forward to that. All right, well, it's time to recap the NFC West. So, Longhorn, give us your standings top to bottom, sir. Oh, okay, so I get to do the whole division here? All right, so I, in the NFC West, I took the chicken shit route, and I put Seattle and San Francisco both going 11-5, and five, and I gave the tiebreaker uh, winning, division, winning the division this year to Seattle. With an eleven and five record, I I just like I said, I just maybe it's a Super Bowl Super Bowl hangover. Maybe it's um, you know the, I mean let's be honest, like last year it came down to the, a stop at the you know half cunt your cunt line, you know when uh, against San Francisco. Is and that they, an San official Francisco, yard line in the it's, NFL? It's, the half cunt line? Yeah, it's a uh, if you if you look at the fine print, you'll see it. Um, it's <laughs> that if if. If Russell Wilson, Wilson would have got in on that goal line scramble that he did, I believe it was, San Francisco would have been the fifth seed in last year's playoffs. So they, so let's not get carried away thinking that like as great as San Francisco is, and they are a great roster, great and a great organization. Like they're not unbeatable. They're not un, you know, they're they're not the champs. Just write them in. So I do by by the tiniest margin have Seattle winning this division uh, in third place. Behind Seattle and San Francisco, I have the Arizona Cardinals going eight and eight, and which puts those LA Rams in the cellar of the NFC West with a six and ten record. I have them falling. Ooh. I, I I have them, and the reason I did this is like I said when we previewed them, you have to you have to pay the toll in the NFL, and you cannot get away with horrible contracts on top of horrible drafting and just and just keep winning you have to pay the nfl gods at some point and i have them paying it this year and then next year depending on what they do 
with with a big bounce back next year. So six and ten, LA Rams. All right, sounds good. So we do differ differ quite a bit on this one. Um, so I'm gonna preface this with this: I've I did some research on over unders. Uh, since 2017, and we'll track it through this year, because I want to get a good data cycle going for a good four years. But what I found was through from 2017 to 2019, so three years worth of data, uh, the unders hit at 53%, the overs hit <laughs> wow. at 47%, which is not a shocker because <laughs> yeah. everybody wants to bet the over on their team. It's like everybody wants to bet the over every total. Now, you're barely winning money, right, on the under because Vegas doesn't want you to be able to bet straight blind because then they lose, right, because then smart guys like us just come in and wipe them out. So it's very, very close. And I would like to point out, too, in three years, Vegas has seven pushes, which opens up to 7% of the time. They hit it right on the total. Now, that's pretty amazing, but then given the more amazing part is they could do better than that. They just don't want to because pushes don't pay them. So if you don't think the guys in Vegas know what they're doing by setting these over-unders, again, three years worth of data, 53 to 47. So the slightest margin of victory, and you have to know exactly what you're doing to hit that. So they're very, very good at this. I just want to preface it with that. Then I started looking at how teams go year to year, and then how does the market affect it? Kind of like the stock market, right? Teams being underbought or oversold, and then what happens the next year? So kind of the up and down effect. So going through this division, first of all, I have San Francisco winning it at 11 and five. So if you look at 2017, they had their over under was four and a half. They went over that. <laughs> the market jumped huge to eight and a half. They went under that. So then the market corrected the next year, 2019 to eight. They went over that. So now this year it's at 10 and a half was another big market correction up. I think they barely make it over at 11-5, still a nickel, and then next year will probably be the bounce down year, but they could easily go 10-6 and six and go under it. I think it's a half game flip either way. I wouldn't bet it. But that's where I'm at with it. That's Second good. place I have... Do what? That's same as me, 11-5. Yeah. Second place I have the Seattle Seahawks at 9-7. and seven. You go through their mm-hmm. timeline. 2017, 10.5 was their total. They went under that. Market corrected down to nine. That was too far. They went over that. Market then the next year, even further down, eight and a half. They went over that. So now the markets finally gave it back up to nine and a half. And again, last year they should have been about eight and eighteen. So that the market actually was right. They just got lucky. The market's now overcorrected to nine and a half. That's an under for me. It's time for the bounce back down to Seattle. Next team, the Rams. I have them finishing eight and eight. You look back 2017, five and five and a half was the total. They went over that. Market corrected all the way to nine. They went over that. Then the market said, okay, fuck you. We're going to ten and a half. And then they went, then they went under. And now all the way down, two games down to eight and a half. I don't think that's quite far enough. I'm with you. They're going to keep falling. I got them at eight and eight. I think McVay and Golf are good enough to be a 500 team about there. Last yeah. place I have Arizona. 2017, their over-under was 8. That was a push. 18, it was 5.5, not far enough down. Still under. So then last year, they put them down again another half a game to 5. That was a push. This year, market correction up to 7. I think that's a push. I think it's 7 and 9. I think the market is exactly right. And that's how I have. So 11 and 5, 9 and 7, 8 and 8, and 7 and 9 with Arizona 
again, improved. I think they're improved, but their defense still has such a long way to go, especially in that division. I think they just come up a little short of getting that 500 record. Yeah, it'll be. This is a great division to watch. Like, I mean, they're really good division, and you know, I mean, we re- we basically, you know, we we have the same two teams being good and the same bottom two teams being kind of meandering, just a little flip flop on both. Yep. All right, boys and girls, moving on to the AFC West, and we will start with the Denver Broncos. Uh, I don't think John Elway is the quarterback anymore. So, new quarterback in apparently. And they were seven and nine. I'll have to adjust that. Okay, well, make sure, make your adjustments real quick. All right, they were seven and nine last year. They're over under in Vegas is seven and a half. Longhorn, what you got on the Broncos? Okay, uh, Broncos are another one of my favorite teams. Although I will admit, before I even start, that I'm probably a year early on this team with my excitement. Um, just studying the roster, I just love it so much. I love what they're doing in the roster building, and that's 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 usually you know you always make fun of me with I fall in love with these teams every year, and the reason I fall in love with them is because once I get a vision of what they're trying to do in the roster building aspect, and I see what where they're going, I usually get ahead of myself with the talent of where it's where it's at currently to where. It will be eventually, and that's probably what I'm doing here with Denver, to be honest with you, because when you look at what they've brought in, and this is all assuming that Drew Locke uh, is going to continue to grow as an NFL quarterback, which is a huge question mark, admittedly, because we did not like him coming out of college, but he did some decent things. He showed some decent things last year when he came in, Um, so preface that with that, so but when you look at the rest of the roster, I, I just love what they're doing. Bringing in a center from LSU who's going to come in and start right away. They, they drafted Dalton Reisner last year, just a stud guard. Uh, they brought in a guard from Detroit to start. I, just, I love what they're doing in the offensive line. Garrett Bowles can be problematic at left tackle. If he can clean, clean that up, because he actually was a – if you look at just his – pass blocking and run blocking like when he doesn't commit a penalty and he's just blocking he's he's pretty decent little left tackle um and he of course you got melvin gordon who came in jared judy from alabama um the kid kj hamler from from penn state little the little joystick uh slot guy and of course they got Cortland sudden i just and that's not even to mention Noah Fan, who they drafted last year, tied in, and Albert O. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. The uh, speedster, <laughs> the speedster, tied in from uh, Notre Dame, I believe. I had to look that up to be short. No, Missouri. I'm sorry, Missouri. Uh, just, just a, just a retarded offense, and it is probably a year away. So my excitement is probably should be safe for next year. But I cannot wait to watch this team, and we already know on defense what to expect from this team. I don't. I don't really expect anything else. And as far as additions and subtractions, they did li- lose Cliff Harris, cornerback, who went to the Chargers. But they brought in AJ Bouye. They brought in Jarrell Casey, defensive tackle from Tennessee, who's going to be a just stud in the middle of that defense to help plug uh, to help plug against the run. I just love what they're doing. Um, I'll let you take it away, and we'll get into what the roster projection or the uh, record projection later. Yeah, they have crazy, crazy good weapons. Like crazy man uh, i don't like the quarterback at all um, yeah. 
But this is his best chance to succeed, that's for sure. So if he's going to get it done, it's going to be in the next three years while he's still in this rookie deal, and they can still amass all this talent around him. Uh, I think the offense will definitely tick up for sure. Uh, I think the defense could tick down a little bit with loss of Harris. I don't know that, uh, what was it, Aboye? Sure Aboye, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure that he's Cliff Harris, but either way, I mean, he's still a good player. Overall, I'm just not excited about this team. I don't, I don't see a lot of – I'm not excited about them this year. I'll say that. That's fine. All right, moving on. Your Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. 12-4 and four last year. Their over-under in Vegas is 11.5 this year. What you got oh, on geez. the Super Bowl champs? Yeah, there's not a whole lot to say about this team. I mean, it's, what's the point of breaking down a team that everybody knows about? Um, you know, as far as additions and subtractions, the big one that they just lost was the running back, the starting running back, Damian Williams. Um, but then again, you that just makes Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a uh, top fantasy draft pick for sure and a plug-and-play stud right off the bat. Um, I actually did really like the Kansas City draft that they did. They got Edwards Hilaire obviously in the first round. They took that linebacker out of Mississippi State who's who's going to step right in and be a stud. Um, the big story about them losing that guard, uh, the doctor guard that's going to go uh, study and take Dr. Fauci's spot hopefully eventually because, you know, Fauci can't, <laughs> Fauci can't even throw a, throw a ball over the plate, so let's get him out of there. Oh, man. Uh, so, but with that said, you know, they've got some guys that could get in there and Let's face it, it's 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 the Kansas City Chiefs offense. I mean, you don't need a whole lot of studs on that offensive line and they are and they already do anyways. The other guys are all, you know, pretty damn good good players. So defense, you know it could it's gonna be the same as it was last year. It's gonna be a defense that likes to cause turnovers. They still got those turnover hawks that, that can just get the ball back. Chris Jones is a stud, Matthew's stud, you know, they they got the same type of guys that they've always had. Now, what'd you say the over-under was in Vegas? 11 and a half? 11 and a half. That is healthy. Um, that is healthy, but um, you know, if I, I don't I don't expect a whole lot of downtick from this team at all. I think they're just a kind of a machine at this point, so take it away. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they have all starters back on a defense that wasn't great, but it definitely was good enough, and it got better as the year went on, that's for sure, because the first month of the year, they were kind of a sieve. Uh, But as long as Mahomes stays healthy, he's the best in the business right now, or for the foreseeable future, obviously. I mean, they're the class of the division. There's no doubt about that. All right, moving on. Those San Diego, but sometimes L.A. Chargers. Mm -hmm. They were 5-11 last year. Their over-under in Vegas is 8 what you got on those San Diego Superchargers? Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go ahead and call them the LA Chargers this year, like we said <laughs> for the last couple of years. Until until they actually get a real stadium, we'll call them San Diego. But I'll go ahead and transition to the LA Chargers. Um, I think it's about time, so I'll do that for them. Um, this is a roster that I just love, top to bottom. Like they've. When you said they went five and eleven last year, that that was kind of jarring to hear. It's like, how the fuck does this roster go five and eleven? But they did. Um, now, 
just like any other team, it's going to come down to the quarterback, it's, you know, specifically with these over-unders. And is there ever a more 8-8 eight and eight type quarterback than Tyrod Taylor ever <laughs> in the history of quarterbacks? I doubt it. But you look at this roster, and um, it, the offensive line is just it's just really healthy. They, they traded for Trey Turner from Carolina, just a stud guard. Um, the rest of it, besides left tackle, left tackle is the only um, question mark that they got. But the rest of it's just stacked. I lo- love the offense. And there's a lot of people that came back from last year. Defense looks the same. They did draft Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma, the linebacker. He should start right away right in the middle of that defense and do just just fine um other than that i mean if you know what the the over under with this charger team is tricky because how how many games is tyra taylor gonna start and how fast will they go to the quarterback justin herbert um so it's I would. This is a stay away for me on on you know actually making a bet on the over under for them. But um, love the roster. Don't love the quarterback position as of right now. So tough tough team to evaluate. Yeah, um, I'm not a huge Tyrod Taylor fan, but one thing you can say about the man is he wins football games on good football teams. And this is, if not my favorite, definitely one of my favorite rosters in all of the NFL. Top 10 on defense and on offense last year, even with Old Man Rivers throwing the goddamn ball to the other team at least twice a game. Uh, I, man, I actually love the bounce back here. I, I get where Vegas is coming from, from going from five to eight. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving on to those now Las Vegas raiders baby that just sounds fucking great coming off the tongue it does la chargers does. sounds like ass las vegas <laughs> raiders sounds like fucking football baby those yeah. raiders went seven and nine last year they're over under in vegas this year is seven and a half <laughs> so longhorn take it away on the fighting grudens how did they ever win seven i do not know <laughs> so Here's the deal. I just I hate this team. I hate everything about this team. Um, their like their roster just makes me want to throw up a whole lot because it's it's a mix of players I really like that I would that I would have drafted if I were running a team, mixed with a bunch of players that I wouldn't fucking touch at all. Um, I, there's a there's a list of about 25 players that they added and none of them are worth talking about because it's a bunch of Nelson Aguilar's. Jeff Heath's, uh, Carl Nassau. Like, it's just, who gives a Jason Witten's, like, who gives a shit? Um, so, that, I don't like this team. I don't particularly like talking about them. I think it's going to, I think it has more potential to turn into a quarterback dumpster fire with Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota and Chucky just, you know, going back and forth, back and forth between those two because he can't stand either one of them. Um, so, I, not not a big fan of this team. I do love the safety that they're gonna gonna get back. Who was hurt last year, um, and I don't have a huge problem with what they did in the draft this year, at least at the top of it. But again, that that that's not gonna have a whole lot of impact year one, specifically rookies this year with the COVID situation. So, don't like this team. Don't really like talking about them. What do you got? Yeah, I put in my notes, not excited about this team at all. Uh, yeah. One thing I noted on their schedule, they have a brutal, which 
all the AFC West has this, but it just how the matchups fall, whatever, home and away. They're playing the AFC East, which means they all have a ton of noon kickoffs, which west to mm. east on a noon kickoff with COVID travel restrictions. I mean, who the hell knows how that's going to happen, but they got the worst games all on the road. Like, all the easier teams they would play get to play at home. Now they have to go play those easier teams away, which you'd rather just play the hard teams away and take the fucking loss, right? Get the easy teams at home, take the W. They got to go play all the easier teams away, and which puts them in peril of losing those games. They do have all-starters back on offense, uh, eight on defense. Like you said, there's not much improvement at all. I do uh, take issue with your disrespect for Jeff Heath. That man is a goddamn American <laughs> hero. <laughs> uh-huh, I'm sure you do. But anyway, yeah, not but, much improvement at all for me on this team. Uh, not much excitement. So, but before you get, before you move on, let me just they better like the most like if you're a if you have put a ticket in for the Vegas Raiders to go over on the season wins total of what was it again? Seven and a half. Okay, you better they better win week one at Carolina because after that here let me just do a quick first half of the season recap let's let's just god forbid say they lose at carolina which is a losable game for them i mean carolina sucks West too to east, but, noon kickoff know, it, exactly let's say they go zero and one next game new orleans at new england buffalo kansas city tampa bay at cleveland at la chargers oh my god like <laughs> this this could get real bad real quick so that was all i was gonna say about that absolutely all right afc week uh, AFC West recap. Longhorn, what you got? Yeah. Division top to bottom. Top to bottom. No surprise on top. I have the Kansas City Chiefs going twelve and four. So I guess that would be an over for me on the on the ticket there. Um, in second place, I have the surprising Denver Broncos. Like I said, I'm probably a year early on this, but whatever. I'm gonna stick with it. Nine and seven. Uh, for the Denver Broncos. In third place, I've got those Chargers going 8-8. Eight and eight. And in the basement, where they belong, is the are the Las Vegas Las Vegas Raiders at 6-10. and 10. Well, we're pretty close on this one. So, again, using okay. my same logic, Kansas City. I'm actually taking the under on them. They've been over three straight years. The market keeps adjusting. It keeps not catching up. I think this year it does, but just a tick. I think they go 11-5, and five, so it's under by half mm-hmm. a game. Uh, I yeah. think at some at some point, like any other stock, it's got to hit its ceiling. The market's going to catch up to it, and you'll plateau. I think this is the year. Again, they win the division. It's not a big fucking deal at all, but it's for over-under purposes. I've got in second place the L.A. Chargers. Man, I love this fucking roster. I got them at 9-7. Okay. and seven. I, got them bou- I got them bouncing back, so they've been... They were over in 2017 at 7.5, over in 2018 at 9. The market adjusted 9.5. They got their ass bounced back down. I think this is the year they bounce back up. You can see it right there in Vegas' standings. They only won five games. Three-game adjustment to the market. I think they cover that. Uh, I'm with Vegas on that. Uh, Denver. I've got the over in Denver. So I think they go 8-8. Eight and eight. They've been three straight years. Pull up the numbers, sorry. Three straight years they've been under. 2017's eight and a half they went under. So market adjusted seven and a half they went under. Market adjusted again to seven they still went under. So three straight years of under, but then all of a sudden Vegas is saying, hey, we know you're going the wrong way, but 
fuck it, we'll give you another half a game. That all smell right to me. So I like Denver to go over at eight and eight. That I think okay. they've hit their bottom going the other way. And the Raiders. I do definitely have the under on the Las Vegas Raiders. And they have been uh, 2017, the over-under was 10. Can you believe that? Under? God. 2018, the over-under was 9.5, so a little bit of market adjustment, but they still believed them under that. <laughs> and then, last year, it bounced all the way down to 6, and they finally went over. This year, it adjusted back to 7.5. I think that's a little bit too much faith in what uh, old Gruden's got on going on there. I got them at 7-9 in the basement and taking the under. There you go. All right, boys and girls. Well, that concludes our first podcast for the season 2020. This is episode 61, I believe. Uh, we went over the AFC and NFC West again, top to bottom. Pick your best over-unders. Pick your winners, baby. Let's get fucking going. And Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right, you glory hole seekers. That's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the Sports Patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias, and don't forget to subscribe to both our YouTube channels, The Football Glory Hole and The Degenerate with RJ Choppy. Now, of course, when the season starts, we will have additional free picks on our website, the Saturday morning quick hits with more free picks, and the Degenerate Degenerate Show on the fan. And on top of all the gold we spit out on this weekly podcast, my God, stop doing sports all wrong and sign up for our premium picks at our website so we may become partners for life and both Cephas as always in a mostly non-sexual way. People, (laughs) stop throwing away your hard-earned money on the guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, fuck you, China, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it, people. Never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take us up, baby.